Real leaders leave a legacy. They capture the hearts and minds of their teams. Their origin story puts the safety and well-being of their people first. Great companies ubiquitously have safe yet productive operations. For those companies, safety is an investment, not a cost for the C-suite. It's a real topic of daily focus. This is The Safety Guru with your host, Eric McCroskey, a globally recognized ops and safety guru, public speaker, and author. Are you ready to leave a safety legacy? Your legacy success story begins now. Hi, and welcome to The Safety Guru. My name is Eric McCroskey, your host, and today I'm very excited to have with me Tracia Kigerer. She's the EVP of Risk Management for Jordan Foster Construction and also the author of The B-Words, uh, a recently published uh, book. So, Tricia, welcome uh, to the show. Thank you so much for having me this morning. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about your story and, and what triggered you to write the book and, and also the, the work that you did in safety that got you to where you are today. Sure, absolutely. So um, I uh, have been what I call the only for a long time. I've been in uh, safety and risk management, um, and most recently in the construction industry for more than 20 years. And uh, found myself in a pretty lonely place um, as an executive of a construction company um, working both in safety and construction. There really weren't a lot of women um, throughout the course of mm. my career in the 20 years um, in whether it be construction, whether it be the safety industry. And so as I, as the more I, um, it, it, as I got better and, and got more, um, career-oriented and started uh -huh. climbing the proverbial corporate ladder, I realized that there really wasn't anybody that I could ask for advice or go back sure. and try to network with. And so I realized that it, maybe I had something to say about that. And I've always had a passion for writing, so I decided to come up with the idea of writing the book called The B Words. Um, it's 13 Words Women Must Navigate for Success. The goal is to really just, my goal at this point in my career is to open as many doors as I possibly can for women um, in non-traditional roles in the workplace. Mm -hmm. I'd like to actually do away with the term non-traditional roles. I would like it to be where um, people from an inclusion perspective can pursue the career that they believe is, is most valuable to them. And mm -hmm. so this is my contribution to, to that mission. <laughs> <laughs> That's phenomenal. Uh, so, so when we were talking originally, you talked about some of the the words within it, some of the the guidance. One, one of the themes that really resonated with me was around this theme around bridges, um, the and really the link when it comes to uh, women in the workplace, but also even in terms of safety professionals in the workplace, is the world is changing around us, and and we've got to adapt how we connect with with our audience. Tell me a little bit more about the, the the Bridges chapter and some of your thoughts there, particularly as it relates to uh, how how people in safety can have bigger impacts uh, on outcomes. Okay, so absolutely. So the reality is, um, I started writing this book right after the Me Too movement. So, but I, I had a clear intention in mind. I, I didn't want it to be a male bashing book. I think there's a lot of stories. Every chapter is presented with um, a word and maybe some statistics related right. to that word, and then women's or just stories that promote it. And then each chapter has a breakthrough, which is uh, solutions. I don't like to present problems without solutions. So with <laughs> the Bridges chapter, <laughs> I realized that 
if we discount 50% of the population because everyone's just angry and mad, we're never going right. to facilitate any change at all. Um, and so I realized that I wanted this book to speak to both men and women and how we can work together mm -hmm. to create opportunities um, that, yes, there are definitely some challenges and we have a lot of work to do. Um, so one of the things that uh, the Bridges chapter touches on is um, the reality is that the world is changing. So mm -hmm. as an executives um, are running companies and, and with the intent of making a profit. So it, very similar to, to safety. Safety is a way to, when we do safety right and we have safety and productivity and quality all working in conjunction, we don't have money going out the back door that, that we don't recognize. It's the right. same thing with diversity. There has to be, our, our customer base is changing, our workforce mm -hmm. is changing. And quite frankly, if the only people making decisions all look the same and are all <laughs> out of touch with our culture of our of our um, of our organization, they're not going to be profitable in the long of, uh, run. And so, that's kind yeah. of where it comes from. <laughs> but I think it's a really important topic. Is is really the 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 diversity that you bring has to be connected uh, and is so critical to. Um, the changing workplace you've got different generations to people with different backgrounds you need to find a way to connect in in all spaces uh, but definitely in the safety space absolutely so if if people in the chairs at the table at the proverbial table are all well quite frankly male white men in their right. over 50 but our <laughs> workforce is diverse and our our um our industries and our customers and our external partners are changing there's a disconnect. So we want to uh -huh. open that table and, and pull up a chair to to the next generation. And it will look different than 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 what we've had in the past. And that's really what um, I speak to and and the breakthrough um, talk about how how you do that. Part of sure. it is just recognizing um, there's there's a bit of an issue with sometimes I think there's an issue with the status quo. So um, mm -hmm. Or uh, the if I open a chair at the table for someone who doesn't look like me, then that's a space that can't be taken, that's taken by someone else. But I just really believe that there's uh, there's a, an abundance of opportunity for everyone. We just have mm -hmm. to shift our mindset and then recognize some of those bias, which is another B, B word, right. um, <laughs> that are holding us back from making those changes. Um one of the one of the challenges too is a lot of companies say, okay, I have a diversity program, and right. the reality is, if the culture isn't ready for it, just like safety, yep. it's going to fail. So you Correct. have to realize that are you really in tune with those that you're 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 intending to serve, and is your culture ready for it? Yeah, and and how do you how do you drive that forward so you can bring that diversity as well to the table, which is really important. Absolutely, it's 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 critical to to the future of organizations. And with everything that's going on in the world now, I really think that organizations that don't get it and don't buy into potentially change at some point they it's a risk. I'm in risk mm -hmm. management too, so it's a risk that they won't survive. Uh, I just believe that people are getting more savvy about um, who they're working for the products that they're buying and they're looking to organizations to step up and, and care about things like inclusion and diversity 
and mm-hmm. how we treat people in the workplace, which it's time. It really is time. And I think the other element is is if you want to attract the best talent and, and they're starting to be choosy around what am I seeing at the table and who, who's showing up, um, that best talent is probably going to be also the safest talent at the table. And if they start being choosy, remember there was one project I, I went to visit on the Gulf Coast and it was an incredibly progressive project. It was a phenomenal site. People wanted to be there. The, the leadership was incredibly in line around safety, but just the culture was phenomenal. And what was interesting is nobody wanted to leave. They had access to the best talent. They had almost no attrition, almost no issues around absenteeism compared to all the other projects around them. Um, but a lot of it was because people chose to be there. So lo and behold, it was also the safest site you could possibly get to. So Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's huge. It's it's really huge to create a place where people want to stay. It's, exactly. We think it's all about the money, but it's not. It's really about being a part of something bigger than ourselves and feeling like we're appreciated and that we are. And safety is the best way to do that, right? So uh, when we when we're when we're empowering people to be safe, as this is the way we are going to approach our business, um, there's nothing more rewarding. So, right. but to get it right, you have to you have to consider all of it. It's a bigger picture. So than just compliance. I agree. Uh, so the topics is this concept of servant leadership um, and, and building more relationships, uh, connecting with the audience, which is very much linked to what we're talking about, Bridges. Can you can you share some of your thoughts, your wisdom around kind of the, the, the theme of servant leadership? How do you make it happen and, and the importance of it? Absolutely. So um, I stumbled upon the term servant leadership maybe 10, 15 years ago and realized that um, I didn't know that there was such a, you know, a concept of it, like it was established. It was just something that I think my sure. my parents raised me to, to, to serve <laughs> in that way. And um, so it came naturally to me, but it didn't, I didn't know it had like a title or something like that. Right. So I started reading quite a bit about it. And, but it's just treating people the way you'd want to be treated yourself, um, whether, whether that comes to safety. So I think the days of safety professionals running out and writing people up and being, you know, with the hammer, there's a place for discipline, but it's not the place to create lasting change on projects. So I I do believe that there has to be um, an education approach and in service to others approach and Mm -hmm. kind of what what we're doing at Jordan Foster is we've created a field safety leader program. And so not only we've identified leaders without a title. So there are people that are in the field after the daily huddle who are who are the guys going to to say okay now what did they just say and what is it that we're getting done and mm-hmm. we've identified those leaders and we're training them not only to to help be eyes and ears related to all of the necessary things we need to do on the safety side of things but more most importantly in my mind is how to communicate how to conflict resolution skills leadership skills knowing yourself mm. to lead yourself. How do you become a leader that people would want to follow? And what is right. it like being on the other side of you? And so I think we're one of, uh, we're really having a tr- phenomenal success with this program mm. because instead of it being, oh, we've we've given someone a vest and power and now all of a sudden the, <laughs> the, my coworker is out to, 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 to report me, that, that's how a lot of these uh, initiatives end up. Um, with the with the servant leader approach, where you're giving people tools to be better communicators in service to others, um, right. it it really resonates with everyone. 
I, I, I love it. This is, this is really phenomenal. Uh, and can you share maybe a little bit more around how you've been able to increase the impact of safety uh, by connected, connecting to the language of business? You alluded a little bit around it when you were talking about bridges. Um, I think this is something that's really important is, is how do you connect with your audience? How do you speak to the C-suite around the importance, the criticality of driving safety forward? Um, what are some of your you know, tips uh, or pearls of wisdom around, around that topic? So basically, uh, having worked my way up to the C-suite, I realized early on that I was mm -hmm. more kind of going back to that servant leadership concept. Um, I wanted to do things for the greater good of the people. But if I didn't speak the language of money and finance, oftentimes I would find myself not resonating with the decision makers. Right. So, and so I and I see this as something when I'm out um, meeting with safety professionals. I think you have have to learn the language of money as well. Mm -hmm. You have to speak the you have to speak to how your initiatives are going to impact the bottom line. So, for example, years ago, I wanted to do a wellness program, and I was so excited about it mm. because I thought, oh, this is going to be so great. We're going to be in the field. We're going to bring resources to people that have never received those resources before, and it's going to be wonderful. And I went and I pitched it exactly that way to the CFO, and he said, that's great, Tricia, and that's really, really nice, but how much is it going to cost me? <laughs> so, <laughs> And so I went back a few months later. So, of course, the answer was no, because I didn't have those right. answers. So I went back and did my cost-benefit analysis and looked at how we were going to reduce incidents and we were going to reduce uh, claims related to soft tissue and um, all of these other issues that, that could potentially uh, have dollars, again, going out the back door and was successful the next time around talking about the bottom line performance. So I think that's a missing link often with mm -hmm. safety. We know so much as safety professionals, there's this wealth of information that we have to be experts on. And yet if we can't speak the language of money, um, mm -hmm. it doesn't resonate. I talk about that in the B words too for women as well. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the challenges is our, our society and our culture, the reality is, We've many in many cases, women are raised to think that someone else should be responsible for their for their finances. Right. And I empower women to whether you're married or not or single or you want to start your own business, whatever it is, you need to learn to speak the language of money. So I learned that in the safety world. And then I translated that message to the B words, too, because it's the most empowering thing in the world when you know where you're going and you know the financial aspect that you need to attain to get there. Mm -hmm. It's funny. People say, uh, I want to start my own business. The next question is, how, <laughs> how much money do you need to do that? And they say, I don't have enough money. And that's a limiting belief. Well, right. if you don't know what you need, then you're never going to get there. And it's the same thing with the safety budget. Um, yep. So it just kind of, it's, par it's parallel in both of my universes. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so it gets me to, to my, my last question. Your, your book is really about um, how do you break down barriers? How do you make a difference? How do you build uh, a more uh, authentic uh, life? Um, can you share a little bit about women in leadership, some of the key topics that you cover in, in your book? Absolutely. So I start with a foundation of self-defined success. So my success doesn't look like anybody else's. And I think that there's a tendency for, for people to always look and say, uh, 
well, this is what I want, or, or there's why would that person work when they should be home right. and all of those things. There's a lot of that. So I start with my success isn't doesn't look like anybody else's, and that goes back to beliefs. And I think the one of the core chapters is beliefs, is mm-hmm. um, what is prohibition, what is our society telling us we can't do, and what is inhibition, what is that voice in your head telling you you can't do. And mm-hmm. once you tap into those, if you recognize that voice, um, you you can you can change it, and you right. can also realize what society. And this is for men and women. What is is it a limiting belief, or who told you? What if it's wrong? What if it's not mm-hmm. true? What if there's a doubt that it's not true? Then it opens the door. So if women aren't supposed to be engineers, or women aren't supposed to sit at the table, for example, I know we've made a lot of progress. But the same things are still resonating with uh, this year with COVID. I think um, mm. we're losing women. Women are li- leaving the workforce. Horrible. Growth. Yes. Horrible. Yep. But that goes back to organizational cultures where mm-hmm. can we create environments where we do. The reality is we do need to now until the vaccine is out, take care of our children. Somebody needs yep. to to, uh, to educate them as well with the help of our teachers. If we're not looking at that, you're going to miss out on most of your workforce. So I touch on bias. I touch on, of course, the biggest proverbial B word of all is bitch. Uh, <laughs> um, as as I grew from uh, in my career and became much more um, confident in my opinion and my knowledge base, there it, it suddenly becomes, oh, wow, she's she's a bitch. You know, so how do I deal with that? So I talk about mm-hmm. that from a male and a female perspective. Is what's going on in your head that why is it that if an, a confident, assertive, assertive woman is seen as a bitch? So there's right. uh, there's lots of sides to that as well, and then um, everything from bullies to uh, badass. What does it take to become a badass <laughs> and embrace your own personal view of the world? Because there's something to be said for people who are confidently showing up every day and are uh, comfortable in their own skin. And that's my goal is to create a generation and do my part to to help women in particular uh, achieve that. Yeah. I, I, so so I thank thank you for for taking the the time to write the book to share your your, your messages. I think there's some very very strong important messages here uh, for organizations for individuals um, and and really in terms of how we connect. I, I comment on on the limiting belief is. Is a very very powerful one, um, and it applies into so many spaces. I see it even in the safety space where people have this limiting belief of I can only improve safety or quality productivity, whichever you're trying to chase, as opposed to saying how do I improve all of them at the same time. Um, exactly. So you see it in uh, of life. People create these beliefs that I can't break through this, uh, but you can. You absolutely can, and it's that it's all. It goes back to. Uh, changing what someone decided is the truth and questioning yep. it. And I think that's safety 100%. If it's all about compliance, it's never going to be part of how they do business successfully. And therefore you will always be separate and siloed. And so the goal is to to create an environment where safety is ha- a part of how operations is successful. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a predictor yeah. of success as well, right? You're going to be successful in life if you believe you can do, you can be successful. If you don't, then odds are you won't. 
<laughs> Absolutely. It's a, it's a much, it's a much better way to go through life being, believing that the impossibilities than to assume shooting yourself in the foot before you even let yourself dream. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> so um, but uh, there's a lot of negativity out there. And so this is my, my uh, goal to kind of break some, some of those barriers and, Maybe um, by writing about it, it, it can mm -hmm. potentially change someone's mind and maybe somebody will adopt a different way of thinking. So that's really what it's all about. 100%. And I really appreciate you, as I said before, kind of putting putting your thoughts in your books, giving some ideas. It's an incredibly important topic. And thank you as well for the work that you're doing to improve safety in the, in the construction space. So, Tricia, it's been a, a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, wish you continued success, both with your book as well as in your career. Uh, and, and thank you for, for joining us today. Thank you so much. Um, the book's available on Amazon, The B Words, uh, 13 Words Women Must Navigate for Success, or on my website, trishakager.com. Excellent. Well, yeah. thank you very thank much you very for joining much. and then encourage you to pick up a copy of the book. Thank you so much. It was great to be with you today. Like what we do? Share this on your socials and tell everyone. Thank you for listening to the Safety Guru on C-Suite Radio. Leave a legacy. Distinguish yourself from the pack. Grow your success. Capture the hearts and minds of your teams. Fuel your future. Come back in two weeks for the next episode or listen to our sister show with the ops guru, Eric McCroskey.